Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm Chance Storland, and this is the Spurs Insider, our weekly NBA podcast from ExpressNews.com. And I'm joined now once again by San Antonio Express News sports writer, Mike Finger. Mike, this has been the worst rodeo road trip in franchise history. I believe that would be the worst out of 17. What exactly went wrong? Well, I mean, we've talked about it before a lot, I think, about how... um, in the old days, and you mentioned this, the 17th one, when, when this rodeo road trip started, this became the time of year when the Tim Duncan, uh, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker Spurs teams would come together. And, uh, you know, the, the team is on the road for three weeks. Um, that became the point when, you know, Greg Popovich and his staff would figure out what that specific team was going to be for the year. There became a cohesiveness. There became a uh, kind of sense of identity for that team um, that where they, it would really start to peak down the stretch of the season. And I think the Spurs and their fans kind of took for granted that, that always would happen. But this has been, uh, you know, the last few years, the, the first 13 of them, there was never a losing record during that rodeo road trip. And now things have been getting more difficult without all the hall of famers on the roster. And they just went one and seven, uh, during this trip, which was actually three little trips, uh, spread out over three weeks, but it, it, it just did not go well from start to finish. And to be fair, when you looked at it from the beginning, um, they played a lot of good teams. The only obvious, uh, wins when you, when you looked at it to start, uh, were the Memphis Grizzlies and the New York Knicks, who were the two teams that on that rodeo road trip that there was no way uh, that they were going to make the playoffs. So you figured when this started, could they win those two games and then maybe steal one or two more and go three and five or four and four? They would have been happy, I think, with three and five or four and four. One and seven is pretty disastrous. And, I mean, the, the loss to the Knicks um, – just a couple of nights ago, a few nights ago in New York, uh, was obviously the low point. The Knicks are a team that that had been going through the worst uh, home losing streak in franchise history. They'd lost twenty seven to twenty nine going into that game, and the Spurs just came out and and offered one of their worst performances of the season, uh, particularly defensively. So there, there's no way to sugarcoat what just happened on that road trip. Um, I I think there are explanations for it, not necessarily excuses. Um, it would have helped to have had, uh, you know, the, the point guard, Derek White of, available for more of it. Um, I think LaMarcus Aldridge was kind of not feeling healthy or, or great for a lot of it, but I mean, bottom line, the Spurs should do better than one and seven on that trip. And, uh, as, as the players mentioned in the locker room after that Brooklyn game, which just finished the road trip, um, I think Lamarcus said, "There, there. This is this is too dramatic to erase. You, you'd like to be able to just wipe it out and, and not think about it anymore." 
but um, th- there's a lot of problems, a lot of issues that the, the team has to uh, acknowledge in terms of, of, of how poorly they played recently. So you just mentioned a few things. You didn't call them excuses, but I guess uh, explanations for why things didn't go well uh, this time around. The worst, as we just mentioned, out of 17 rodeo road trips. I'm wondering what happened to, was it a, a month ago, a month and a half ago? What happened to that strong defense that seemed to have come out of nowhere that has now reversed and disappeared into nowhere? You know, we're, we're going to have to, I think, come to the conclusion that with, with, with this team, with this current incarnation of the roster, that that stretch of solid defense was the fluke, was the aberration, and, and, and not the trend. I, I think most NBA teams go through ups and downs throughout a year, and when, when the Spurs were playing um, at, at the level that you're referring to, um, I think there was a tendency for a lot of people who have watched Popovich coached teams over the years and this franchise over the years to think that, okay, this is when the team is finally getting it. This is who they're really going to be. Um, you know, the, the defensive struggles early in the year have been uh, cast aside and kind of overcome. And, and now they're going to be the same type of solid defensive team that, that Pop has had for a long time. But <laughs> that was kind of the blip. Um, and, and this they're not as bad of a defensive team as giving up 130 points to the to the Knicks, but they're just not. They don't have the personnel uh, to play the type of defense that they played uh, for so many years with uh, with Tim Duncan and Manu and Tony and 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 Bruce Bowen and Kawhi Leonard and all those guys. Um, you 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 look back at the the preseason injury to Dejounte Murray, and I know we brought that up on on these podcasts all year long. And that sounds like an excuse and it's teams, teams do suffer injuries. Uh, that's part of the NBA, but it is an explanation. He was an all NBA defensive performer last year. He was the best guy that they had. He was the tip of the spear. And when you don't have that guy to shut down, uh, or to at least slow down the other team's best guards, you end up with a team that can give up, I mean, run through the list of just guys who on, on, on opposing teams who are not stars at all, who have just gone crazy against the Spurs um, recently and all season long. I mean, Emmanuel Moutier from the Knicks, nobody ever hears about him and he couldn't be stopped. Avery Bradley was that way with the, the Grizzlies before the break. It seems like every team has a has a player like that and a guard like that that tends to go off against the Spurs these days. And it's just because they don't have a defensive stopper and you know, the, the pop is trying to, to, to salvage this defense and to kind of put band-aids over things, but there's just, there, there's, there's no individual player on this roster anymore that you say, okay, this guy's going to go out and stop the other team's best player. And so you end up with the defense that is, is bottom half of the league. And on some nights is, is really, really poor. Um, I think they can be better. I think they can be mediocre, but I, I don't think that this defense is ever going to be great this season. And and a thing that is keeping this team alive is that they've been playing really, really well offensively and, and are efficient on that end and are, and are shooting as well as any team in the league. So um, I, I, as, as foreign as it is for Spurs fans to hear, the defense is not going to save you this year. So that being said, um, with the remainder of the regular season, 
any adjustments that can uh, be made um, to, I guess, take advantage of, of as you mentioned, uh, the good offense, the three-point shooting is good, or maybe adjust and salvage the defense? Well, I mean, um, over the past couple of games uh, in, in New York against the Knicks and the, and, and the Nets, uh, Popovich played as much zone defense as we've ever seen him play. And zone is, is seen by uh, a lot of people in basketball, especially a lot of pro players, as a crutch, as, as kind of a, a coward's way out um, because they feel like, you know, you should be able to stop teams one-on-one. But Pop, Pop said a few interesting things before that Nets game. Uh, because the night before he he played a lot of zone, he he threw the backups out on the to the court and and said go go play this zone defense and it kind of slowed down the Knicks for a second and and Pop pointed out that NBA players are so unaccustomed to seeing it that when uh, an, an NBA team a defense throws out a zone, the offense kind of stops and that it can be effective in stretches and that no great NBA team. Uh, will ever resort to playing zone defense the majority of the time. But in little stretches, um, I think Pop has realized he kind of has to take advantage of that or or to employ it just to give his team a chance. Um, that's not going to be a major part of, of the defense the rest of the way, but I think he's going to play more of it just out of necessity. And talking to some of the guys in the locker room about it, um, you know, they're kind of shaking their heads like, I, you know, we haven't played zone since – we were in high school or going back that far. And, 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 you know, that's, that's not something that anybody really wants to play, but everybody is kind of thinking, you know, well, if it's, if it's a winning formula and that's what we need to do to win, then, then that's what we'll do. So uh, adjustments like that are not going to, again, save uh, the whole season or turn them in championship contenders or, or even, you know, assure that they're going to make the playoffs. But um, little things like that maybe can provide a spark, maybe can give a slight edge, and uh, and then they'll go from there. So we'll talk about the playoffs here in a moment. But before that happens, we have the rest of the schedule. Uh, I've heard and we've discussed recently here on the podcast, they have a, a nice schedule for the rest of the, the normal season. Tell me about that. It gets a little bit easier, right? Well, I mean, it, it's it's relative, and when when you think of the Western Conference and and just how tough the top of the NBA is in, in general, um, it's not like they have a lot of automatic gimme wins the rest of the way. But other teams that are fighting for those spots with them uh, have even tougher schedules than they do. And you know, they just got back from the rodeo trip. Um, they just got back. They just got finished with the schedule where they faced a lot of good teams. Um, in a short span so that should even out a little bit and you you look at how they come back the rest of the way most of the games are at home I think there's just eight road games left and and of those eight road games you look there's an Atlanta there's uh, Cleveland there's Dallas there's some teams on there that aren't going to make the playoffs and the Spurs should beat on the road so even though I think Washington is in there so so even though they're going on the road, and even though they've been a really bad road team lately, uh, even those those few road games that they have left should be at least half of them should be winnable. So um, I think you know when when you talk about an easy schedule the rest of the way, the fact that they're home more than they're on the road the rest of the way is good. The fact that the few road games they have aren't 
against superpowers at least gives them a chance. And, you know, again, you're just trying to make things manageable. And when, when you look at uh, uh, what they have to do the rest of the way, they need to probably win more than they lose um, uh, to, to make the playoffs again. And I think the schedule should um, give them a chance to do that. Let's take a quick detour here down a fun lane before we uh, go for final thoughts here, Mike. Um, that Toronto game was fun, um, a lot closer than I think anyone realistically imagined. Um, but what a shame for it to end the way that it did. And, and, and that's what's so uh, confounding about the way the road trip ended. Um, the, the last stretch was the three-game um, little, little trip to Toronto and New York right after the all-star break. And it was so disastrous in New York that you forget they were so close to pulling off that victory that nobody thought they were going to get. And, and that was against the best team they played. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we talked about looking ahead to that Toronto game before, after the way that uh, the Spurs kind of dominated the meeting against Kawhi and the Raptors in San Antonio. And a lot of people figured, well, Kawhi is going to have his revenge in Toronto and, 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 you know, the Raptors are, are that team that is vying for the NBA Finals and they were going to take care of their home court. The Spurs have done really well against the, the, the better teams in the East and against the Raptors in particular. And, and in that game, uh, you know, you had the, the, the emotional night for DeMar DeRozan returning to the, the city that he loved so much and played for so long and the way they embraced him. Um, throughout most of the first half when things got tight in the second, you know, that, that kind of wore away. But, um, you know, like, like you said, that that game turned out to be very winnable. And, and in fact, it looked like the Spurs were going to win it in, in the last 24 seconds. I think they they, they get the ball after a, a missed free throw uh, ahead by one. And really all I have to do is dribble it out. And, and you know, you, you have that moment that we, we've been kind of looking for ever since this trade happened of, of DeMar DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard kind of one-on-one. And and Demar, uh, you know, made a mistake. I think I don't know if there's any other way to look at it. Um, he he tried to uh, dribble past midcourt. With, it did not did not kind of give Kawhi Leonard credit for being able to take the ball from him. And 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 Demar said he was looking at Kyle Lowry looming uh, a few feet down the court. But Kawhi made a championship play. Uh, Demar made a mistake, and Kawhi poked the ball away. And 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 got a fast break to dunk to win the game. And, um, you know, those are the types of plays that the Spurs had um, grown accustomed to getting from Kawhi Leonard over the years. And that's exactly the type of play um, that made them so hesitant to trade him and, and, and why that whole mess was such a, 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 a kind of frustrating thing for everybody involved because they knew that Kawhi was that kind of player. And, and as much as everybody loves DeMar and that, Everybody does love Demar. Um, he is not that uh, championship elite, you know, uh, all NBA cream of the crop player that Kawhi is. Few people are, and and Kawhi kind of asserted himself. Kawhi had an awful night uh, for most of the night, but he he made the play when it counted, and you know that that's the type of play that can come back to to haunt the Spurs when they're thinking about making the playoffs, I mean, there, there's plays like that. There's nights against the Knicks. There's nights against the, the, the bulls, those types of things. I think they can look back on months from now and think, wow, you know what, what, what just happened and, and, and 
And those, those are the types of things that can keep you out of a playoff race. Time for final thoughts here, Mike. Um, looking forward several months down the road, what are fans going to be remembering? Are they going to be remembering uh, a playoff berth for the 22nd year in a row? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, that, I, I think that is what it all boils down to um, over these next couple of months, I guess six weeks or so. Um, they, the, the Spurs are in a race right now with the, with the L.A. Clippers and the Sacramento Kings, and the, the Lakers are kind of fading. But um, those are the teams that are going for these last couple of spots. And um, I, I, I think the Spurs probably have an edge if they return to what they were before this road trip because – they have a, a a more favorable schedule than the Kings and the Clippers, um, but uh, it's it's not going to be as automatic as we thought a few weeks ago. Uh, they have their work cut out for them. They're going to have to uh, they're going to have to win some some home games against some good teams, and 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 they're going to have to be a little better than they've been on the road lately. They I, they don't have to be a great road team, but they have to figure some things out there and. And um, I, I, I think in terms of final thoughts on what fans are going to think in at, at late April, um, there's there's one comforting thing that um, I think a lot of fans are going to be slow to to accept, but but probably will. And, and that's this. Um, if the Spurs get things together over these next six weeks and make the playoffs, that's great. The, this, this, the, uh, the long postseason streak continues and they have a chance to beat. Uh, just about anybody in a seven-game series, anybody other than Golden State, they at least have a fighting chance, and and that'll be great to see them in the playoffs. If they don't uh, get it together, well, they get a lottery pick, and you know this that's something that every NBA team goes through, and, and maybe that's what if this team needs. If this team is was not good enough to make the playoffs, well, then um, you know get your lottery pick and 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 go through that process of of trying to rebuild that way. I, I think neither outcome is um the end of the world and so um you know it it will be weird if they miss the playoffs and that's certainly something that's still the goal is to make the playoffs the spurs themselves aren't thinking oh if we make the if we don't make the playoffs no big deal but i think when you look in the big picture of the franchise um you know every team misses the playoffs every few years the spurs are the exception this is about to be the real nba in terms of teams needing to um you know, kind of hit the reset button every now and then. So uh, big picture, I think all will be well. We just aren't sure exactly what those details are yet. And thank you to San Antonio Express News sports writer Mike Finger for joining me for today's episode of the Spurs Insider our weekly NBA podcast from ExpressNews.com. For the San Antonio Express News, I'm Chance Dorland.